0: Max Morning Market Mania starts right now. I'm Max Kozmalski, and it is June 13th, 2022. I'm here to recap what happened last week and what might happen this upcoming week. So we saw some pretty crazy action in the markets. As usual, I always say this, that I would prefer to report sunshine and rainbows to you guys, but I report what I see. And what I see isn't that good. I would rather all these stocks going up and up and up, even though it's not healthy for the economy when it's when there's artificial growth like that, it's it's healthier for my pocket as an investor and hopefully for you guys as well. But last week, it was not pretty. The last two days specifically, all the major indices got hammered Thursday and Friday. We got an inflation number uh, year over year, May of 2021 to May of 2022. That came out Friday morning at 8.30. And it seemed like the market was anticipating it to be a pretty bad number everyone is talking about gas prices and everyone knows gas is going up so everyone expected these numbers to be high and they were actually higher than expected at 8.6 percent year-over-year inflation Uh, so i've said this in the past they are under reporting inflation there are a lot of incentives for them to under report inflation but the number they give us is 8.6 percent and 5% is worth being scared of, 8.6% for sure. I think it's actually closer to 16, 17, 18%. So the markets, uh, Dow Jones was down 5.2% on the week. The S&P 500 was down 6% on the week. And the NASDAQ down 7% on the week. We also saw crypto getting hammered. Sunday, Ethereum was down as much as 12%. Bitcoin down about 8.5% on the week. Touched 27,000. I still expect further downside. I hope for further downside. And I—I I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm—I'm I'm personally in the one million dollar Bitcoin camp. I think the fact that there is two quadrillion dollars—and this is an estimate—there's an estimated two quadrillion dollars in global derivatives, everything from currencies to financial products. Uh, mortgage-backed securities, treasuries, stocks, everything. Two quadrillion. And it's probably only going to get bigger with all these countries printing all of these currencies. It's coming right off the printing press. So with a two quadrillion dollar global derivatives market, I think that in the long run, Bitcoin has a surefire chance at eating up 1% of global derivatives as we see in all these countries, you know, in in the Western Hemisphere, everywhere, people do not want their governments controlling their currencies because the governments are notoriously irresponsible, and look at every single country right now. Every single country, their, their currency is being inflated. The people at the bottom, their lives are getting more and more difficult. In every single country, milk is going up, gas is going up, housing is going up. It's not good for the economy. So, I like something that has no uh, third-party liabilities, gold and Bitcoin. There are two things where, yes, the price may be able to be manipulated. If Joe Biden came out and he said that we're gonna ban cryptocurrency, you would see the price get manipulated. But if you hold Bitcoin in a cold wallet, cold storage, where nobody can touch it, it's not on an exchange, that Bitcoin will remain that Bitcoin no matter what. You have one-tenth of a Bitcoin, Whatever happens to the price, whatever happens in uh, global, you know, events, that one point one Bitcoin will remain 0.1 Bitcoin, just like an ounce of gold in your shoebox will be an ounce of gold in your shoebox no matter what, unless theft, of course. But I like assets with no third-party liabilities, and I think the broader markets, I think people are getting in that camp. And we... We do need to get past a threshold. We've seen big companies and countries even, like El Salvador, adopt cryptocurrency, and Bitcoin specifically. And I'm not saying it should be the world reserve currency. I just like the idea of it because it's decentralized and they can't print it. So they can't inflate the supply and they can't cheat you out of your shit. So for that reason, I like it. I think in the long run, maybe it'll be 2030, maybe it'll be 2040. When Bitcoin hits a million dollars, maybe it won't. I'm not betting my life savings on it happening. And maybe when Bitcoin hits a million dollars, a gallon of gas might be $45. You never know. I mean, in in all these inflationary environments, like you, you can look at Venezuela, there were trillionaires that were broke. So if you're a broke trillionaire, how much is a gallon of milk in your currency? I don't know. We would have to ask the people in Venezuela, but... That's enough about that. I think there is a chance that, in the long run, Bitcoin could eat up 1% of global derivatives, and that would give it a $19 trillion market cap, and that would put it at a million dollars. Right now, it's at a $520 billion market cap at 27000 and we've seen it as high as 65000 I think it'd go up. I'm hoping it goes down, and I think it will go down before that, though. So gas... AAA reported that we got a brand new all-time high. I don't know how many weeks in a row this is, but we got another brand new all-time high. National average for a gallon of gas is $5.01. And I'm actually, I'm personally ecstatic to have been able to purchase gas for $4.99 on the way here for cash, because now I'm seeing it the most common price I'm seeing is $525, $529. I even saw $549 for cash today. But there's one gas station, one select gas station that's got it for a little bit cheaper. So I was a kid in a candy store buying it for five bucks a gallon. How fucked up is that? Saw gas for a buck in 2020. All right, what else do we got? Last week, something very interesting happened. And I've told you guys before, I'm very bullish on uranium. It's clean energy. It's what we need. And it's it's already responsible for a lot of our energy. And currently, we're in a scenario where in the long run, we will run into a shortage unless we produce more uranium. Unless we pull more uranium out of the ground, we will guaranteed run out. And that's eventually, that's years out. But in order to incentivize further production, the spot price needs to go up so that the miners can pull it out of the ground for a profit. And I hear a lot of experts, you could listen to Justin Kuhn uh, or Justin Hune, the he does the Uranium Insider newsletter. He, I think he said that the incentive price to produce uranium to pull it out of the ground is, it's closer to like 70 to 80 bucks now. And right now it's trading at about 50, 55 bucks a pound. I'm incredibly bullish on uranium. It's historically undervalued, actually. Back in the early 70s, if you inflation adjust the price, it was $208 in today's dollars back in the early 70s. So historically, we are very far off from its all-time highs. And I'm in the $200 a pound uranium camp. I think it could go much higher, especially with inflation and especially with our dependency on clean energy. Solar... It's, it's a good technology, we will advance it, but it's not the most efficient right now. The most efficient, obviously, is oil because people produce it all over the world and it's, it's the most uh, traded commodity or the most uh, used commodity, but nuclear energy, it has a future and I'm betting on uranium. And actually, we got some news on, uh, what was it, Wednesday or, no, I think it was Tuesday. Yahoo Finance reported U.S. seeks $4.3 billion for uranium to wean off Russia's supply, and Russia is responsible for 43% of the enriched uranium. So as we know, we're not doing deals with Russia, or we're trying not to at least. So we need to increase our ability to uh, you know, produce our own uranium. So uh, it hasn't been passed or anything. It was just proposed in legislation that... Uh, our U.S. government is looking for 4.3 billion dollars worth of enriched uranium from domestic sources, which is even better. So, what happened when that news came out? Uranium miners—they went to the moon. They absolutely ran. In in an hour, we saw some crazy, crazy moves. And it's such a small market, and that—that's why I love it. It's as uh, Rick Rule has said. It's like trying to siphon. Uh, Water from the Hoover Dam through a garden hose. So these are really small markets. So when they catch attention, they move really fast and really far. So Cameco, the biggest uranium miner by market cap, CCJ, it was up 10% in an hour. Uh, Uranium Energy Corp, that's that's personally my favorite uranium miner. I'm most bullish on that one. It's a $1.1 billion market cap. Very, very small, lots of room to grow. That was up 18% in an hour, 18%. If it's a billion dollar market cap, that means $180 million flowed into it in an hour, just on that news. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, I had some call options on Cameco CCJ. I had a $26 call options that expired on Friday. And this was Tuesday when I owned them. And it went from $18 to like 160, 170, 180 in a flash. And I didn't own a whole bunch, but it, it certainly gave me some pretty good gains. And that's the beauty of call options. Uh, if you were betting on the price going down, then you would have lost your ass completely. They're leveraged financial products. Never would I recommend that anyone dabble with them because they're so risky. If you want to get into investing, just do your research and don't listen to what I'm saying. Take responsibility for your own decisions. This is not financial advice. Always do your own research. Another of my favorite uranium miners, Energy Fuels, the ticker is UUUU. That was up 15% on that news. And we've seen this happen every time there's bullish sentiment in the uranium sector. We saw them run up in November of 2021. Earlier this year, they got ahead of themselves. Uranium miners, they, they went up a lot. And since then, they've pulled back. And with the markets dumping pretty hard on Thursday and Friday, we saw commodities holding up surprisingly well. And I think there is a decoupling going on. And that that is basically where, so if there's a huge crappy day, you know, Dow Jones down 1,200 points, you see pretty much everything sell off. But as people get less inclined to invest in growth stocks, you know, speculative Tech stocks, where they're they're betting that the company is going to continue to innovate and uh, get more valuable, more valuable as time goes. People are moving their money into safer, uh, less risky plays like commodities: gold, silver, copper, uranium, nickel, uh, natural gas, lithium. These these commodities, they're something that we need. We cannot operate in this world in 2022 without all of these commodities. So no matter what these mines look like, yeah, we tear apart the earth, we pull these metals out of the ground. We need them to function in society. They are not going anywhere. It'll always be a pain in the ass to set up a mine because the permitting and all that shit. But these commodity miners, they're a safe place to put your money. And we saw them kind of decouple on on these uh, two really bad days last week, Thursday and Friday, and after uh, after the inflation numbers came out at eight thirty in the morning, eight point six percent, all the markets they were they were selling off. The S and P five hundred it took a shit right at the open. It opened up so much lower, and I actually was betting on the price going down in the S and P five hundred. And I let's see, it was a. Uh, about a, I think I got a 40 to, no, a 60% gain. And, you know, I was being a responsible trader. I got out for a nice, good profit. And I watched that same contract go up 10X in value. It went up another 1,000%. I was a bit salty to see that. You know, I, I like to be a responsible trader and take my profits because you end up being a bag holder most of the time. If you hold out for a 10 bagger, where you turn $1 into $10, a lot of times you might see it go up maybe 60, 70%. Maybe if you're lucky enough, it'll go up two or three X, but it always ends up, it's usually always too good to be true. But anyway, I got a little carried away. The markets took a shit, and gold and silver miners, they sold off along with it. And keep in mind, gold and silver, they're my favorite inflation hedges. Inflation numbers, they're at a 41-year high. Why are they selling off? Well, I thought about buying the dip, but it easily could have continued to dip because the broader markets were doing so bad. But once I saw that they started taking up, going up a little bit, gold and silver were catching a bid. After they sold off, they started going back up. And then as the commodity goes up, the miners go up. If gold goes up 1%, you might see a big gold miner like Barrett Gold go up four, five, 6%. You never know. But they offer leveraged gains compared to the actual spot price. And I actually bet on the price of the miners going up on a Friday expiration call option. And I got in these Barrett Gold $20.50 call options at eight cents and I made a full exit at 23 cents. I almost tripled my money on every single position and if I held a little bit longer, it would have gone up over 60. But I was completely content with those gains. I got more than I deserved. It was an easy play. Honestly, it was one of the it was one of the best opportunities I've seen in the markets since the Russia Ukraine invasion. Since Russia inc- invaded Ukraine, uh, I saw let's see some first majestic silver call options. They went from two cents to upwards of 44, 46 cents, which if you were fortunate enough to buy the bottom and then sell the top, which nobody rings a bell at the bottom and nobody rings a bell at the top, you could have 23X your money. So we see some crazy opportunities like that when the markets take a wild turn, we get this bad inflation news, everyone flocks into inflation hedges. I've gone off that play before and I've profited greatly from time to time. So that that was pretty exciting. Uh, back to uranium, you know, we had that good day Tuesday, it kind of sold off after that. It was just news driven. Uh, the fundamentals are still there that it honestly didn't really deserve to sell off, which kind of makes me interested in buying right now. Uh, and the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, which I talk about quite a few or talk about quite a bit on this podcast, uh, they have $110 million in cash right now. And they're an investment vehicle that goes into the spot market and they pull uranium out of the spot market. And the more they pull out, the more we need. They, they, all the pounds of millions of pounds of uranium that they take away from the spot market, those are pounds of uranium that the utility companies now cannot use. Now they cannot buy it. So it, it basically just drives up the price. And with the Sprout Physical Uranium Trust... Having $110 million in cash right now as we speak, it, it at least keeps my mind open to a potential opportunity. If they were to go into the market and buy up uranium, they got $110 million. They can move the market with that money. And whether they do it this week or next week or the week after, I think when they do that, it'll send the spot price up. And when the spot price goes up, the miners will catch a bid and they will go up and they'll go up a lot more than the spot price will. So, I'm at least gonna be watching. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens with that. Don't do what I do. Well, I I said I'm just watching. So, yeah, you can watch, but not financial advice. Do your own due diligence, as I always say. Uh, Let's see. I feel like that's a pretty good wrap. Uh, Oh, another fun thing that I wanted to bring up or not fun. I honestly didn't really do any research on this. I don't, I don't study the futures market when it comes to trading uh, like foods. You know, soybeans, they're on the futures market. There's the futures market trades sugar, trades beans, trades potatoes. Well, I saw yesterday when I pulled up tradingeconomics.com, shout out to that website. I get a lot of my information from there. It said potatoes were down 39% on the week. What the hell does that mean? Why? Doesn't make any sense. And that's denominated in Euros per 100 kilograms. You know, it's that's not really information that pertains to me. I'm not going to deep dive it, but I thought that was pretty crazy that potatoes could move 39% in a week. Oh, interest rates. As we have known, as I've said, the Federal Reserve, they are They're saying that they're going to increase rates. They're going to be responsible. They're going to do quantitative tightening rather than quantitative easing. They're going to be pulling money out of the system rather than putting money in the system. And that is their way of combating inflation. And the 10-year Treasury, it absolutely rocketed up this last week. It opened up last week at 2.95%. And right now it's sitting at 3.165%. That is a crazy big move in the interest rate and that is their tool to fight inflation. But in reality, to fight 8.6% inflation, you need interest rates above 10%. Why would I, so a good healthy economy should have citizens that save up money. How else are you gonna build up capital without saving money? Mom and dad always taught us that when we're growing up, save your money, work hard, save your money, whatever. Why would I save money and earn a you know maybe I put it in bonds maybe I get the 10 year treasury why would I save up my money why would I put my money into an investment vehicle that pays me 3.16% interest rate annually in a currency that's losing 8.6% annually that's like a negative that's over a negative 5% yield annually and Don't don't even get me started on what if you compound that for five to ten years. That's horrible. I am not incentivized to save my money right now. And that's not good for an economy. We need to raise interest rates to incentivize people to save. Because if you decrease the money velocity, which is how money moves, if you decrease the amount of money that's moving around in the system, then people can actually not suffer from inflation the less the money's moving around then the less the inflation is and then the higher the interest rates so we can save our money risk free back in back in the uh, the early 80s you know Paul Volcker he raised interest rates a lot they were above 15 18% uh, i mean you could you could invest your money and earn that annually compounded we do not have that privilege anymore and a healthy economy Offers something like that. We are not in a healthy economy. So, what do I expect to happen this upcoming week? Uh, it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. Actually, it's going to go up and it's going to go down. In other words, I don't have a crystal ball. Warren Buffett can't predict what's going to happen next week, so I sure as shit can't either. Keep your head up. Markets are choppy. We gotta we gotta push forward. We gotta learn. We got to educate ourselves, and in an economy like this, we owe it to ourselves, and it's an obligation to ourselves to take care of our financial future, because nobody is going to be there to save us. So keep educating. Uh, If you got to put away a certain percentage of of your income every month to invest, maybe you're holding cash because you think there's further downside. Maybe you're buying gold. Maybe you're dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin. Maybe you're averaging into the S&P 500 with the intention to hold it for 30 years. Whatever. I can't tell you guys how to invest, and most financial advisors, they can't really tell you how to invest unless, like, they gotta know your goals. What are your goals? Are your goals to, you know, get small, safe returns? Do you want zero volatility? Are you about to retire? Can you not afford a 20% swing in the markets in a three or four month span? Everyone's goals are different. Younger people, they might have aggressive growth goals, They might be more interested in, you know, rather than buying Apple with the hopes to get maybe a 50% return over the course of 15 years, maybe they're investing in small cap uranium miners or silver miners or gold miners with the hopes to turn, you know, uh, $1,000 into $8,000 or something like that. Everyone's goals are different. You guys got to educate yourself. I'm going to continue to educate. And I will see you guys next week on Max's Monday Morning Market Mania. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Max Kozmalski.